Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Thiessen. With me today are life coaches Cindy Chavez and Jackie Gates. This is your daily dose of happy. We are so happy you decided to join us today. And we're happy to be back with the three of us because uh, Jackie wasn't able to join us last week when we, when we had David Strickle on here. So it's, it's nice to be back to the uh, the formidable Wednesday studio again. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I heard the, the, the podcast with David was amazing. It was. Yes. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anytime that, that you're, you're hearing somebody who channels like David does, getting that direct connection from source, it it's eye-opening. Yeah. And I don't care how many times you've heard it. I've heard it many, many times because he was a co-host for six months here on the show. And even after all that, it's still Mm -hmm. eye-opening every time. Because, I mean, you you ask one question and while the question is being answered, you're getting 25 other pieces of information. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, whoa. (laughs) 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 It went by so fast. It did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I thought it was much shorter until you said that. And, and well, they call it the stream for a reason. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you, you yeah. basically get run over by it. <laughs> yeah, it closed, definitely close. It was fun, and of course, uh, the last time that uh, David was on the show, I wasn't there. But Walt asked me if you have any questions, and I just couldn't think of any questions. This time, I was trying to think of questions beforehand, and I just couldn't think of any questions. And the second that David left the show at the end. I had a question. <laughs> I'm ready for next time. I'm ready for next time. <laughs> but we missed you, Jack. It was fun, but we missed you. It would have been more fun if you would have been there, I think. Oh, uh, well, next oh, time yeah. he comes, I will be there for sure. <laughs> we were speculating what, what it would be like to have Jackie communicating directly with the stream. And, oh, wow. I mean, I, I'd pay money to see that one. That would be really good. <laughs> <funny. laughs> we'll discuss a price later, yes. Right. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> well, send you her, email, her address and say, here's my friend, Marvin. <laughs> oh, so yeah, that's something to look forward to. So, anyway, I thought uh, we could talk about transitions today because, uh, well, I've already outlined on uh, the show the last couple of days transitions that I'm going through. Uh, Jackie, I, I was telling Cindy before the show, the gardening season ends on Friday, so that's my biggest right, transition point. Yes. I'm really excited about that. Um, plus, I have this other uh, business-slash-software project being developed, and that's we're going to start seeing what that looks I've already seen the initial few pages of what that looks like. But we're gonna, I'm going to start seeing more and more of that in the next few weeks. So there's a definite transition period going on for me. And uh, I, I gather there's transition going on with you. I mean, people go through transitions a lot. The reason I think it's an interesting topic is, especially from the point of view of someone who, like us, is, is a conscious creator, transitions can present their own specific challenges just because mm-hmm. they're transitional and transitions aren't always comfortable. And when it's not always comfortable, we can get knocked off of our vibrational stance and all that kind of stuff. So I thought I'd just, you know, tap the brains of two of the greatest life coaches in the world about how to handle transitions. <laughs> well, you know, even the weather, we're moving into winter, you know, even that's mm. a transition. Like things, things start to feel different because of the seasons changing. I've been off social media for five weeks. (laughs) That's a big, that's been a big uh, change. The reason we were talking before the show, Jackie, because Walt was saying with the gardening season winding down and like they've had the big uh, rain. So they haven't been able to work the last couple days. And he was like, oh my gosh, I have all this time 
for this day and what do I do with it? You know, and I said, I, I kind of had that today because even though it's been five weeks, I was catching up on a lot of things and you had a lot of things going on. And then today it seemed like the first day that time just expanded. Mm. <laughs> like, hmm, what do I do with all this time? But I think that we're so not used to it. Like we stay generally as a society, we all stay so busy and we're sort of expected to stay so busy because busyness is prized and championed and encouraged, you know, go, 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 hustle, hustle. And I know, I know a couple of people that just seem like they never stop and they often get complimented about that. Wow. You get so much done. You're like the energizer bunny. You just never quit. How awesome. Right. And so for me anyway, I sometimes get this, you know, I, I don't want to, I don't know what to call it. Maybe it tries to be guilt. Um, you know, this sense of like, you should be doing something whenever I'm not mm-hmm. doing, whenever I'm just being, just being right. still, enjoying the expansiveness. It's like, there's a little bit of, you know, guilt there or a little nudge in my brain that, <laughs> yeah, and that's part of the programming. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah. How could, you possibly be, how could you possibly be a contributing member of society if you're sitting about with expansive dates? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Even as children, and I know I did that with my kids, right? It's like when they get a lot done, when we were small and we got a lot done and we did a lot of things, we accomplished things, we finished things. You know, you finished cleaning your room, you finished your homework, you finished your dinner. We always have to finish everything, and then it's like, <laughs> good for you. Um, and then of course, when, when we're sick or when something's wrong, we don't get a lot done. So there, there's a lot of judgment about, you know, that's expansiveness. We need to change that <laughs> because well, that's, yeah, that's what we create in, right? Like, well, there's also a lot mm-hmm. of habit involved too, because that's what I was experiencing on Tuesday when, uh, like I was telling Cindy before the show by 10 AM, all of a sudden I ran out of work. I'm not used to that during the gardening season. And I felt like I was at loose ends. Like, wait a minute. No, I should be doing something right now. That's what Mm -hmm. happens during Mm -hmm. the week. I do things. So where's my thing to do? It was so deeply ingrained. I I was like knocked off balance because it wasn't there. That's an identity thing. Yeah. 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 That's an identity. Yes. How did you deal with it? Um. I took the morning off. <laughs> so simple, right? You have to stop and think. <laughs> I, I actually said to myself, well, okay, if there's nothing to do, why don't I just give myself nothing to do? There Which you was go. quite a novel concept, but I did. So you know, yes. I, I went and visited with Louise. She was watching some TV. I watched some TV. Actually, I have no idea what we watched because I wasn't paying attention. But I just, you know, I just kind of vegged for a bit. I said, well, this is a nice thing to do during the day. I like this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, a question I would ask people if they read fiction. Just people that I, that I, clients or people that I sensed were working a lot like maybe a little too much, you know, not to be judgy, but like really just working so much. And I would just ask them, do you read fiction? And I so often got the same response. It was like, no, of course not. (laughs) (laughs) Who do you think I am? Do I read fiction? You know, it's like the same people who don't watch TV, who, you know, it's like, 
no no room for leisure. So mm -hmm. sometimes when I recognize I'm like too too over busy and too guilting myself for like not working hard enough or whatever, I'll start a fiction book because <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, it's relaxing and it's it's leisure. So mm -hmm. why do we have this thing about leisure why do we not allow ourselves to have leisurely time i think which is odd when you consider uh, yeah, so many people kind of dream about that like oh wouldn't it be great if one day i could just be a man of leisure you know but they get the opportunity and then what happens mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like oh wait a minute that's not what i thought was going to happen <laughs> exactly yeah i used to um right yeah i mean i think a lot of it has to do Oh, sorry. It's all glitchy again. <laughs> no, no, go ahead. I think a lot of it has to do with um, the industrial complex. You know, we we have been taught to show up for work at a certain time because the society and the machines that we keep going required that. And we've lost our rhythms and we've lost our rest and we've um, – and we're starting to reclaim that now, especially when the pandemic put a huge mm. pause on everything, right? People will go, yeah. okay, so I thought I wasn't doing my art or clean, writing that book or cleaning the house because I was so busy at work. Well, now it turns out that wasn't true. So what mm. is the actual reason, right? Um, and now, you know, we're, we're, I think a lot of people, as, as things start to pick back up, they're going – yeah, I don't actually want to be part of, I don't want to go back to that normal. I want, I really enjoyed this, this, and this, and I want to carry it forward. Um, and it's just that this, this, we're all in transition. We really are. You know, I, I think as a globe, we are, we're not over the pandemic world, you know, on the horizon somewhere, and we're all wondering how that's going to look. Um, and on a personal level, when we shift out of one identity, one role in, into another, it takes some navigation and it takes some claiming of something that you want and letting go of some other things. And that it's a big change. It takes energy, capacity, de devotion, all those things. Um, and when we don't do it mindfully, deliberately, we get caught unawares because the field will just go, well, here's what you asked for. Aren't you lucky? <laughs> <laughs> and then you're going, wait, I'm not sure about this. You know, um, my father-in-law, for example, used to say he never, un when he retired, he said, I don't know where I found the time to work. He said, I am so <laughs> busy. And he'd be fixing things and tidying things and trying things and playing with the grandbabies and, you know, making doodads and stuff. And he would say, I don't know where I found the time to work. And that was because his identity was somebody who filled his days. And he mm. just moved that into another way of being, right? But then you've got somebody else who says, oh, I'm going to be a man of leisure. And he discovers that being a man of leisure actually – isn't what he wants. He's bored mm. and he's restless and he's unstimulated and all these kind of things. And so it is, it is the transition is constantly dancing between 
more of this and less of this. Okay, I like this. I like the fact, like you said, I like the fact that I can just sit next to Louise and watch TV for a bit during the day. This is kind of cool. Yeah, it is. But is it something you want to do every day? Maybe not. Not at all. (laughs) Right, exactly. So, yeah, you know, so you'll get to. Maybe every other day, you know. but (laughs) Or you would like it to be an option. Because when you're employed or if you're in the middle of gardening season and nature waits for nobody, um, then you really don't have a choice. But now you do. And that's the more of this, please. I like the choice. It's like I still get up at the same time as I've always done, but it's a choice now. It's not the alarm going off. Right, it makes a difference when you can make it self-governed and self-determined. It does. No, That's where the feeling of freedom comes in. Mm-hmm. Talking about that, getting up. I used to be an early bird. I mean, I like. I'm not a night owl. I like the early, early morning, and I love being awake when no one else is awake. I feel really productive, and I like that time of day. And part of what I was working towards, and I said this for years and years, is I want to sleep till I wake up. Right. I don't want an alarm to wake me up. I want to be able to have the kind of life where I sleep till I wake up. And I would get up really early and was one of those people who would get more work done before 9 a.m. than most people got done all day. Just go, 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 go. And then I had um, adrenal exhaustion. And the doctor said to me, you never need to be out of bed before 9 a.m. And that was so unthinkable to me that I, I, I'm not, I don't do this often, but I kind of screamed in her face a little bit. I like blurted out. I was like, that's not going to happen. <laughs> crazy. Like I can't stay in bed till 9am. And I never Who do you think I am? <laughs> I never thought about this till this discussion right now. Um, and that is that in my thinking before that, that I wanted to sleep till I woke up. It was because I was going to reach that lifestyle because of a certain amount of success, right? It was like, right. oh, when I'm successful, when I finally get where I am, where, where I get where I'm, I'm trying to go, then then I'll have a life like X, Y, Z. And part of it was I will just be able to sleep till I wake up. And then I had this doctor say, well, you, basically, you need to sleep till you wake up, right? No alarms. You need to be getting, you need to sleep in until nine o'clock every day. And I freaked out about it. And I'm wondering now, was that because I didn't think I had earned it or I didn't deserve it? Mm. Right? Like I had, that was like 15 years ago. It was like, oh, did I think I hadn't gotten to that point yet? Instead of just, and I bring all this up because of conversation I've had twice in the last week around value, around people attaching their value to how much they do. Mm. Because of just what we talked about before, right? We get so much praise when we do a lot. Oh, you do so much. And so so we get like, oh, I'm worth something. I'm valuable. I do a lot. Um, And I think that that I was maybe not valuing myself enough because I hadn't earned, I didn't think I had earned the right, you know, to sleep in until nine o'clock every day. (laughs) And so I don't know. It's just an interesting thing to connect that that spaciousness and free time maybe it feels weird if we think we haven't done enough. Well, there's a value in in identifying it too, because even even if you identify it as something that you were still in growth period on or something like that, you learn from it just because you identified it. You were able to pick it up consciously. Yeah. And I'm still, see, I'm still learning from it. 15 years later, I'm still going, Oh, uh (laughs) aha. 
which is very cool. Something else about transitions too, um, that I was kind of thinking about a little bit, and that is when we deal with um, making a transition that is not one we wanted. Mm-hmm. Because those happen. Oh yeah. Um, and, and and there's an interesting example that actually came out during the pandemic. It, well, not so much during the pandemic. It, well, yes, it came. It, it started during the pandemic, but it has become evident after the or toward the end of the pandemic, so to speak. And that is because people couldn't go to offices. Um, they either had to work at home or not work at all, unless they were, say, in the service industries. In which case they were they were among the the heroes, so to speak, who mm-hmm. helped keep things going for us. And an interesting um, consequence, I guess, came out of that, which is people who thought they liked working found they really liked being home, especially if they were working from home, to the point where there is now a fairly significant trend going on in the labor marketplace that a uh, a professor has labeled the Great Resignation. Because apparently people are quitting jobs by the millions rather than continue to work jobs that they no longer love so much because they found out how great the freedom is when they're in at home during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And it, it amounts to something like two to three percent of the labor force, which is, wow. you know, that's a fairly significant size right there. Yeah. And uh, it's showing up in a number of different ways. Service industries, I mentioned them, they're particularly hard hit right now. Restaurants, for instance, are having a hard time getting laborers uh, to, to do the job. Um, in many cases, they're actually, you know, doing things to try to attract people in there. They're raising uh, pay rates. They're improving benefits and so forth. And in some cases, the people that they're reaching out to are not impressed because for years they felt like the employers were taking advantage of them and were giving them crap response and or giving them no response at all if they were applying for the job and so forth. So, what used to be a trend of the, the employers ghosting the applicants has reversed. And now the applicants are ghosting the employers. Yeah. So transitions, this is a form of transition where there's some consternation that's involved and people mm-hmm. kind of getting stressed out about it. So let's, let's talk about that for a little bit. How do you deal with the stress side of the transition? Hmm. Well, you mentioned a, a transition that, you know, that happens that you don't really want, which happens, like we said, all the time. You know, someone dies or you lose your job or you have to move because of some reason. I mean, but the pandemic was a big transition that no one wanted, right? Right. Because it was scary and it was deadly, is Mm -hmm. deadly. Mm -hmm. And, you know, but like you said, what came out of it was a lot of people realizing that the life they had, that they we're transitioning out of with without any, you know, desire on their part wasn't really the life they wanted. Mm-hmm. And I think that that might be the case in a lot of the transitions that we have that we didn't expect or didn't ask for is that we learn something about ourselves. We learned that that thing that we were trying to hold on to so tightly, like the status quo um, wasn't really the best. I think we get out of, being creative with, with, you know, our lives and with what we really want. Now, how do we deal with the stress of it? I mean, I deal with the stress of everything in pretty much the same way. And that is what uh, David Strickler and I were talking about uh, last week is the idea that um, everything is as it should be. 
that, you know, I'm at the right place at the right time doing the right thing, that things are okay. Things are, <laughs> and I know that's, <laughs> that's, that's not always the way people are feeling about things, but it is, it is consciously how I generally deal with, with things when I'm not comfortable with how they are is to say they are, it is what it is. You know, my, my son and I have a shortcut when we're typing to each other, when we're texting and it's, um, it is what it is. I, I, W, I, I, <laughs> and, and I, he was telling me something and so many times I will say something and he'll send me that or vice versa. And I sent him I, I, W, I, I, and my phone auto corrected it to the word Kiwi. <laughs> oh, okay. And my phone suggested that I use an emoji of a picture of a Kiwi. So now we just send a Kiwi. It is what it is. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That is funny. I think I the, I think the, the, um, the thing about transitions is that we get lulled into an idea that any kind of change that we get told about flow and, you know, inspirational stuff. And we forget that change um, shifts things. And we have, because that is what a change is, right? So we're going from one thing to another. We're changing, we're transitioning. And in that place, there's bound to be wobbles. And I think that the case is um, when we, when we're, Transitioning, when we have a transition forced upon us, I think it's unwise to diminish how stressful it can be because you really don't want to gaslight yourself for want of a better word. It's like, it's, it's like you're not, you're not going to say, I should be dealing with this better mm. because. be helpful um but i do think that we can say something like we can get curious about who we might be when we get through this because then the assumption is that you're going to make it through mm -hmm. oh, um, yes. rather than you'll be stuck there this is, is this is interminable right um or that you're somehow going to slide backwards. I don't think that that's actually possible. You can't unlearn who you are. So therefore, you can say something, you know, if this is a really crappy time that you're going through, just acknowledging it's a really crappy time is vastly helpful. And then getting just somewhat curious. I don't like to say things happen for a reason. But I do think you can find something in everything. I think mm. you can find, with hindsight and maybe a lot of time, you can find something that came out of it. So just that expectation that who you are when you emerge from this transition will be different and fabulous and, and stronger or wiser or healthier or more aware of this, that, or the other thing. That's the piece that helps you navigate. And I think staying in the moment without projecting too far forward or too far back is of extreme usefulness because our brains are research machines. It will find all the, the what ifs 
to try and protect you, but actually what it does is just make everything worse. Um, or it'll find all the what ifs that are so far in the future that where you are feels worse. So <laughs> being in the, in the moment literally gives you your power back. It's like right here, right now, I am able to do this. I am able to, you know, I can turn the tap on and I have hot water or uh, you know, I can call my kid and talk to them, or I simply am able to go and get a glass of water. Whatever it is, there's things that you can say that in this moment, it's not horrendous. And even if it is horrendous, not just acknowledging where you are is so very, very important. You don't want to smother it. You don't want to gaslight yourself. You also don't want to ignore it. You are in transition, and being in transition is a place of its own. Now, of course, you do want to transition. I mean, you don't want to yeah. stay in that place. No, right. But it, but it is a case of if you resist it, you will stay. Yes, okay. Yeah, that so makes that's sense. I like that you mentioned, you know, that the idea that everything happens for a reason. I, I don't like that idea either. <laughs> um, <laughs> But here's what I do think. Um, I think that you can give anything purpose. Yes, that's and different. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Right? And you don't have to wait until it unfolds all the way to look back and see. I mean, that's the beauty of giving purpose to something. It's sort of like the allocation of meaning, right? It's like, even though, no, I, I mean, there have been experiences I've had and that I've witnessed, um, you know, my when my son was 21 years old, his soulmate best friend, they were like two peas in a pod. Um, he fell down a flight of stairs and broke his brainstem and died. Oh, my. And, you know, did that happen, quote, for a reason? No, there's no good reason you can give me for something like that happening. But um, Nick was a lifeguard and he was always helping people. Um, and so his... Um, eyes, I think were donated, you know, different, um, things like that. They, his family gave purpose to what happened. They let it have meaning and that helped them a lot to do that. Right. To, to understand mm -hmm. that, um, there was going to be life that came out of this situation and a blessing for someone out of this situation. So that's not, did it happen for that reason? I don't believe that. I don't no. say, Oh, it happened so that someone else could have this benefit. No, but they gave it purpose and it helped everybody involved to know that. So I think when we're in a transition, instead of deciding that it happened for some reason that we can decide consciously and deliberately to give the situation purpose for me, that works better. <laughs> Agreed. Does it make sense? I, I... I'm sorry. I was just going to say, does it make sense to say that, Things don't necessarily happen for a reason, but they do happen because of a vibration. No, because then you're saying that he made himself fall down the stairs and die. That he yeah, created for himself, and that is what I agree with. No, um, this is where co-creation and vibe and and look. I don't think that we are 100 percent um, in control of our lives. I really don't. I think there are so many of us co-creating at once 
that all we can do is maintain focus. But at the end of the day, we are, you know, do we pull up a, a hurricane? Do we pull up a pandemic? Did we, did this young man make himself, you know, make it so that he fell down the stairs? No, I don't, I don't think that that's, I don't think that's a helpful mindset. And it certainly gaslights those who have people who have really, really shitty experiences. But I do think that we have the power in the moment to go where to from here. Where will I be and who will I be? Who will I show up as from here? And that is, that is our vibrational choice. And that's where our power lies. So what you're talking about is response. Yes, in a lot of the time. I, it doesn't take away the fact that you can create. I just don't say that you are. I don't think we are God in, in our mm-hmm. own universe. I think we all, I think there are just way too many factors. We do not control the weather. Um, we do not control. And life happens. Life is. And so we get to navigate our positioning and our responses to it. And that's where we are at our most powerful. I understand what you're saying. And yet there's also a portion, part of me that realizes and knows that I have experience influencing the, re- the weather. So sure. do I do it all the time? Do you do it all for the entire globe? Yeah. No. No, I don't, and I don't try to. Right. <laughs> I'm barely right. able to do right. it within my own realm. <laughs> right. And look, we all have those moments, right? We all have moments. This is what magic is. This is where we... We create a spell and holy crap, it works. And this person did what, you know, and it's like, oh my God, that's, and that's how we are intrinsically. But, but I do not think in the human experience that is the norm. I think that's true. The, but that same token, I also think most people God. live by default. Yeah, we didn't come here to be gods, we came here to be humans. To, to me, to me, that's where where the whole question becomes kind of murky. Because on the one hand, you're right; that is the way most people live. But on the other hand, most people live by default. So, which is it? Is it the default, or is it? You know, where where is the actual power there? And I, I'm not sure. I have a clear answer in my own head about that. I think, I think it's somewhere in the middle, in, but I don't know where. Your power is in the now. Your power yeah. is where to from here. If if. Anybody, you know, if somebody's listening and they're having a really hard time and they're having a really crappy experience, for me to say you created that doesn't help. And we are here to be helpful. So if you say if but if I say, okay, so you're in this situation now, where to from here? That's your the power of your focus is moving from here. How would you like to transition and who do you want to be when you emerge? I think when when things come our way, um, like, you know, Jackie's saying life happens, right? Um, We we don't, we're not consciously creating every single thing that happens in the entire world. Like that would be ridiculous to think. But when things come our way, it's an opportunity. Um, Mm -hmm. Challenges are always going to happen. Welcome to earth. That's what, that's what we're here for. Yep. Yeah. And so when challenges come our way, that's our opportunity. And, you know, when big challenges come, 
that's the opportunity to make big magic. That's the opportunity to, you know, address it. It's like you said, well, our response. And most of us live with reaction, which is not Mm. response. So that's what we're doing in the process of learning to be better at consciously and deliberately creating things is we're learning how to respond to things that come our way instead of just react. And I think, yeah. And I think we must remember that it takes as much to cope with a really, really good experience as it does a really, really bad one. We, if, you know, we have people who will screw up a perfectly good relationship because they cannot let it get that good. And we have people who win lotteries who simply cannot have that much money. And we have people who will somehow or other get themselves back to, you know, and regain the 60, 50 pounds that they worked so hard to shed, right? We all do this. Uh, it, just because we get what we want doesn't make it any more of a challenge to transition to that identity. It's always where to from here, and it's always who will you be when you're done. So it's the same. You know, you end up meeting some fabulous person, and they really, it's like, I I feel different, and I feel amazing, and I'm really, maybe this is the one. And then when your brain starts going, yeah, I'm not sure, that's <laughs> part of that's where the navigation and the deliberate creation comes in. It's like, okay, I can be somebody in a long-term loving relationship. How might I emerge as that? And then you have somebody who's, you know, who's been dumped for the 47th time and they feel like crap and you're saying, okay, so now what if I am somebody who emerges from this and this is the last time? How do I do this? How do I ne- how do I heal myself? How do I comfort myself? How do I emerge stronger, wiser, clearer? All of these things, any transition is going to have that idea of who will you be when you emerge from this experience? That's your power because that's your focus. And that's what you have the most direct control over as well. The only thing you have direct control over. You know, anytime your nervous system is unable to handle whatever's happening, um, even if it's a good thing, mm-hmm. if your, your nervous system gets overexcited, it will identify that as threat. Which is why when sometimes when things get too good, we call them upper limits, right? We say that's an upper limit. Things were just getting too good. And so we do something to kind of shut it down. Like Jackie used the relationship, a great relationship as an example. People get into a relationship and it's so wonderful. And then they find themselves, you know, fighting or bickering over something that's not even important um, because maybe things were getting just a little bit too good, meaning that our nervous system was a little too excited and starts identifying it as a threat. And so that's all part of, what we do in coaching is help people regulate their nervous systems to where they can receive more good things into their life, right? It's to, to recognize that 
because that part of our brain that only worries about our survival does not like change at all. Good change, bad change, any kind of transition. It doesn't like it at all because it's unknown. It's a fear of the unknown. And so when that happens, sometimes we, you know, I, I hate it when people will use this term about, they say that someone sabotages themselves. I don't think we sabotage ourselves. I think we try to keep ourselves safe. That's all mm-hmm. we're doing. And so sometimes we will kind of start backing up or shutting things down. Like we joke about this all the time and I kind of joke about it. Uh, back a couple of years ago, I did an experiment on the show where I was um, doing the affirmation, I feel rich a thousand times a day for like 30 days. And all kinds of things started coming into my life, just like big, powerful, big, you know, amounts of money, surprises, things I didn't expect, presents. And for whatever reason, I stopped doing it. Now, that's probably the reason, you know, is my nervous system was like, okay, things are getting a little too good here. <laughs> Slow down. But mm-hmm. so that's, you know, that happens with the transition too. And like, that's a good point that you make, Jackie. It's not just, you know, transitions that we're, it's not only pandemics and loss of job and the things like that, that feel scary that we resist in a transition. But sometimes we resist the best transitions that could be happening. We still resist. Yeah. It's that you said, you know, what if you got everything you wanted? Then what? <laughs> and people think, oh, yeah, that's going to be fabulous. Yeah. Well, is it? You know, it's, it's, it's so interesting. It's, um, you know, it, 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 it's so much a part of who will you be? And it, it, like, from my perspective, from, from my perspective, reaching that point, you just identified an interesting point. Okay. You got everything you wanted. Then what? That to me is an exciting place, but oh, I sure. see how that's not necessarily an exciting place for, for some people are going to get intimidated by that place. It's I kind of like beating the game though, right? You, you, you beat the game and it's over. <laughs> Well, that's one way to look at, but that's not the way I look at. It. The way I look at it is cool. Let's keep playing. Yeah. Let's, well, you know, what's the yeah. next thing I'm going what to do? What else for? do you want? Yeah, and that that yeah. to me is a fun thing. But I can see, I, I can like, see okay. that be tough for people. Yeah, because they, you know, some people are um, they have a habit of overcoming things. Mm-hmm. Some people have a habit of pushing through things. So now mm-hmm. if you don't have anything to overcome or push through, then what? Now who are you without that habit? It's like, you know, um, it, it's, it's somebody who uh, has been really good at balancing their checkbook. Now they've got a boatload of money. They think, okay, I don't have to balance my checkbook until they find out one day they don't have any money anymore because they stop being somebody who balanced their checkbooks, right? So it is this, it's such an, it's such a nuanced thing and it's very hard to put a big umbrella over it because mm. everybody's experience is so unique and different. Um, and nuanced. We have lineage, we have co-creators, we have preferences. Um, all of these things need to be brought in, but it can start with more of this, please, less of that. Thank you. Right? And so, um, and, and your deliberateness, your deliberate creative power comes in from the now. Not looking backwards, not necessarily looking too far forwards, but looking through where you are to where you want to be. What you're really describing is a strategy 
for dealing with the polarity of life. Because, yeah, because contrast happens, stuff happens in life, yes. and so how am I going to navigate through that? You're describing yeah, a really I put a post on, for I, doing that. I put a post on Facebook today about not fondling your frustration. Um, it's it is we make. I I was in a a sort of a little funk this weekend, this past weekend, and and I was very frustrated that I hadn't made enough you know, motion towards where I want. My transition was not going fast enough to somebody who had her program all done, right? And um, and it's a case of I can sit and pick at being frustrated or I can decide to be somebody who's resting and then being somebody who has her sales page done. That was my awareness. I went, okay, so I'm going to be somebody who sits her backside on a couch and watches Sunday football. And then on Monday, I'm going to be somebody who has done her coaching page. And that's mm-hmm. really what happened. But I decided not to be somebody who was frustrated. Yes. And that was my choice. In that moment was my, but I had been somebody who was, I kept telling everybody, I am so frustrated. I am so frustrated. <laughs> and I kept telling anybody who would listen, Right. And then, and then this voice came through and said, how about you stop being that? It's like, oh yeah, okay, I have that power. I can do that. Right. (laughs) And so I just, it's not that you're not frustrated anymore, but you just take it out. It's like the toddler. You take it out of the driver's seat and you put it in the passenger seat and you say, here's your iPad. Just sit over there. And meanwhile, (laughs) I'm going to drive the car again. Right. And so it is this, you don't, we, we think that we're going to transition seamlessly and fluidly and without any wobbles. And that's not how we work as humans. That's right. We have to, we have to find our way there, right? We have to navigate the vibrational changes, the thought changes, the habit changes, all of that. And we can either make it harder or e- easier on ourselves, but it will always be there. Because that's how it is. That's how, that's what we're here for. That's what we learn, right? The the wisdom is in the wobbles. Mm -hmm. The wisdom's in the wobbles and the, and, and the, the, what did I say? It was a, it was a detour, not a derailment. And so when we, you know, when we see things as a detour, we can look out the window and go, Oh gosh, I haven't seen this part of town before. Um, (laughs) as opposed to, Oh my God, we are lost forever and we're never going to get there. I like to think of, I like to think of, you know, obstacles and things like that as, um, the universe giving me a shortcut or a detour towards something that's even better. Right. Mm. It's like, cause we don't know. <laughs> no. So, and I, yeah, no, we don't know. And that's why it's like, you know, when I, when I get through this, what do I want to, to think about it? When I get through this, when, who will I be when I get through? That's for me a far juicier way to use our power than aiming it at shooting ourselves in the foot. Yes. Which we're very good at, but yes, I mean, it's kind of painful when you hit the foot with the bullet. It just really, yeah. you know, it, it yeah, ruins the you day. Know, <laughs> it's, it takes a lot of really good aim to shoot yourself in the foot. So if you've got that <laughs> good of an aim, you could point it at something you actually want as opposed to yes. not, you know, just proves I'm a really good day. There's an Abraham Hicks uh, phrase that comes to my mind, one of my favorites, actually. And I think it's going to 
kind of create an interesting twist to what we're talking about. So let me throw it out there. It's their way of, of trying to help people gain perspective. And what they say is you can't get it wrong and you'll never get it done. Mm-hmm. So there is no such thing as finishing X, whatever X is. And there's no such thing as getting any of it wrong, which kind of goes against the whole doing thing, really. <laughs> but I'm curious to know what you, what you think about that in the context of transitions. How, how do you relate to that, first of all, and do you think it's true? Cindy, do you want to go first? Well, I, I think it's akin to what I was talking about. It is what it is. You know, in other words, it's like there are no mistakes. And I like the idea that there are no mistakes. There are no mistakes, just human experience. Because we can all look back over the course of our life, if we wanted to, and pull out a bunch of mistakes, I'm making scare quotes, but, you know, a bunch of mistakes, a bunch of things we wish we'd done differently, a, a bunch of things that maybe we think other people judge us for that we could have done differently, mistakes, mistakes. And having the, you know, idea that there are no mistakes, there's only human experience, um, to me, is the same kind of thing. It's like you can't get it wrong. And as far as you'll never get it done, I mean, I think we're talking about creation in general. Like, we're always creating. Nature is always expanding. I mean, you know that. Well, you're in a gardening business. <laughs> this is true. Yes. <laughs> um, so it's it's nature's nature to grow and expand. It's our nature to grow and expand. So we're never going to finish it. There's always going to be something up ahead. And we can't get it wrong because there are no mistakes. There's just human experience. To me, you know, it is what it is. And I don't beat myself up when things happen that are, you know, not what I wanted. Um, I just realized that there are no mistakes. And where am I, what am I going to do now? How am I going to use this to my advantage? How is this going to be, you know, it's like the whole good luck, bad luck story, which I love so much. Um, in our family, that's been shortened to a GLBL <laughs> WK. Good luck, bad luck. Who knows? When we, when we judge something as being bad luck, uh, we, we talk about this so much, but anything that's going really well in your life, if you chase, if you trace it back, you will end up tracing it back to something that didn't feel like it was going well at all. And I, I've had that work a hundred percent. I've never had someone disagree with me when they traced it back. So life sometimes is a real pain, (laughs) you know, but we're wired for pain. That's the thing is this idea that we're never supposed to have any pain, that we're never supposed to have, you know, anything disappoint us, that we're not supposed to ever feel grief or anger or sadness or that is just bogus because we, we have all those things. They're part of us that we're wired for those things. So they, they do happen and we can, we can come out on the other side of them stronger, better, wiser, happier. You know, they're not, they're not the end unless they are. And then if they're the end, then, you know, <laughs> even, even if it's the end, it's still not the end. It's just a different transition no. going on. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. It was, I was playing, uh, thinking about, um, the quote, you know, it, it's like, it doesn't sit very well with me that it's, you know, you can never get it wrong. That's fine. Um, but you'll never get it done. That, that I, I want to know what it is. So I kind of look at it as you'll never get you wrong. 
and you'll never get you done. Yes. And I think that that is a far more empowering way to see things. Um, that if you keep doing you, you will get through. You will get what you want and you will get your, the, the life you want. You keep doing you. Keep staying you. And you'll never get you done. No, that's true. You know, if, if you believe in reincarnation, you're going to come back and do the other lessons. And if you don't, you'll be done and then you become plant food and that's fine. You know, I love that meme that says, Plants are just here raising us all so they can bury us and eat us later. You know, it's just like, um, <laughs> it's like so a takeoff on the Douglas Adams thing uh, that, uh, yeah, that, that know, the right? was really just an experiment so, where, where the mice were basically experimenting on us. I, yeah, yes, yeah, we're just basically <laughs> somebody's ant farm, you know. Um, so, it, and when we can lighten up about this, it does help with the navigation. It helps with the stressing. But I don't mm-hmm. think it's something that we can, you know, we coaches have tools to awaken that kind of an idea in people. But to just, you know, like when somebody's going through a really rough time and you go, well, it's just a thought. That yes. doesn't work. Right? So it is this idea that you, that awareness is available to you, but you have to kind of get there by yourself. And so it's this idea also that you are the deliberate creator of your reality. You have that power. Um, people who are having a really good time will take it really well. And people who are not won't so much. And it's not our, our, it's not, it's not up to us to offer them that as, uh, some kind of trope that they need to believe in. But we, if we model it, and we live as if it's true and we and we live that way we become an awareness for them and that changes everything i think for me the the, the second part of that phrase you'll never get it done i kind of uh compare it to say a a, a child who's playing on the rug with a, a variety of toys and he picks mm-hmm. up a toy and he plays with it for five minutes and he puts it down and plays with another toy for a minute and then plays for, with a third toy for 10 minutes. Now, in each one of those cases, he was done with the toy. Is the yes. toy done? No. I mean, the, the, the playing with the toy could go on for a long, long time after he is done with it. But he's mm-hmm. done with it at that point. So mm-hmm. did, did you ever finish the playing with the toy? Well, no, that toy could be played with many, many times. But he yeah. finished his his direct interaction. Okay, I'm done with playing with the toy. I don't need to do that playing with the toy anymore. That, that To me, that's the distinction that, that Abraham is referring to. Well, Jackie yeah. said, what, what is it? Right? Yes. Jackie said, that's you'll never get it done. What is, what is it? And I don't think when we use that expression that we're talking about like a project, Right. Like, if I'm writing a book, Abraham's not saying to me, oh, you'll never get it done. No, I'm going to finish the book. It's going to be done. I'm going to, this is going to be done, and this is going to be done, and this is going to be done. I think the it is our consciousness expanding. Yes. That's what mm-hmm. that evolution. Yes. And so we have yes. this idea, I think that especially in law of attraction circles, sometimes we get this idea that we're, moving, you know, we're learning and we're moving towards some goal. And the goal is that when I get there, everything will be perfect in my life, right? When I get there, then I won't have to deal with all of these things that are uncomfortable for me anymore when I get over there. 
That's mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. We're not going to get over it. <laughs> well, because you always take there with you. That's you are right. always there. Right? <laughs> right. So, you know, and the grass is not, the grass is greener over the septic tank. It's not, you know, it's very... <laughs> I've heard that one a long time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, it's, it, but it is this idea that um, we, I think our brains can weaponize even the most brilliant of sayings and that could be one of them where we go you know if you'll never get it done it's like oh dear god then why bother um (laughs) yes you know and then but if you never get it done it's like okay so if getting it done is not the goal what am i doing and isn't it amazing to think how limitless i am yes that's the piece yeah right so so it is, that's why I say you'll never get you done. You can always just, you'll always find another part. You are a fragment of all that is. There will always be more. And there will always be more to you. And there will be almost always more to think about, more to play with, more to create. There is no end to that, no. But please, dear God, don't tell me that the dishes will never get done because that's not going to happen. <laughs> I have one. I'm good at finishing things. So, you know. Yeah, I did five days of finishing things on Facebook. It's like that was that was the whole thing is, you know, there, there are tasks that that we can be somebody who's happy to be doing. And there are tasks that we are somebody who can be happy to have them done. But at the end of the day, we do need to finish stuff. We just have to do, be clear about what the it is. Um, and I love the fact that we are so limitless that we'll never actually reach the end of us. I think that's really cool. One of my favorite things to think about is tied to physics and, and the more traditional scientific concepts about energy. Um, because mm-hmm. source energy is it's the ultimate energy. Um, I once asked the stream a question. I said, scientific circles will tell us that energy can neither be created nor destroyed. But from what you've been telling us, this was after a long conversation from what you've been telling us, creation actually creates new energy. So am I correct in saying energy actually continuously increases? It's not a question of it um, never being created. It's always being created. It's being created in ever increasing amount. And the stream basically confirmed that. Yeah, that's exactly what's going on, which basically uh, is a little cautionary flag to scientists that maybe they want to rethink things, but that's another topic. Um, what I'm driving at is if, if we're always creating new and more energy, then not only is there so much source energy to know that we'll never know it all, but even if we were to ever find some way to know it all, there's going to be more that was created in the meantime. Mm-hmm. So even then yeah. we still can't get there. We still can't get, get to know all yeah. of it. There's still more to be done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's a cool thing. I mean, it's just, it is, it, it kind of, yeah, it, it literally expands us to, to think things like that. Um, yeah, and when we get back to transitioning, mm-hmm. it's like you still have to, you know, you can drive from Savannah to Minneapolis, but you still got to turn right, right at the light when she tells you to, when the lady on the <laughs> GPS says turn right, you turn right because you are in transition. And yes, you're over there. You're going to be over there and that's your goal, but you still got to pay attention to right now. And that's where your power is. Will you turn right or will you run into a wall? You get to choose. 
Or you don't have to make a longer that. trip. <laughs> yes, right. Oh, you can yeah. take the scenic route. Yes. The scenic route. <laughs> I think that the idea you'll never get it done is just an admonition to relax. Mm. Yeah, yeah, right. And stop driving so hard. And be in the now. Be where you are. We are yeah. very bad at being where we are when it's crap. And we are just as bad as being where we are when we're really, really good. We always kind of want the other thing. We want yeah, something different. So being <laughs> present, being present is a gift. It is. It is exactly that. That's why it's called it. Well, that's not why it's called it, but it's a nice little thought. Yeah. So. Well, and there. Are, this is something that I probably should mention now because there's three minutes left of the show, and this would probably add about thirty minutes worth of discussion. But there are also layers to nowness. Because we have different levels of being in the now, different levels of nowness awareness, if you might call it that. And that alone can just create all kinds of wrinkles in the whole concept of, wow, am I actually living in the now right now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and you still have to turn right at the next light. That's right, yes. You really do. <laughs> I am, ex in my essence, I am pragmatic. And I don't, I don't see, it's like, you can have all the esoteric wisdom in the world, but how do I use it? How do, how do I make it work? How will it make things better for me and everybody else? This is my pragmatism. And so, yes, we can think we'll never get ourselves done, but how does that help? And if it doesn't help, put it down. As with any tool, any yeah. saying, any cliche, it doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. If it works, use it. If it doesn't, next. <laughs> yes. Yeah. There will be. There are infinite tools. Isn't that very relaxing and, and reassuring? I think it is. I'm just totally reassured by the idea that any time that I need something, there's going to be just the right tool available for me. I just have to notice it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And don't make the universe make you fall over it. <laughs> well, you can do that. That's what my wife calls the two by four method. Yes, <laughs> and, you know, it's reliable, if nothing else. It's true, yes. It's very reliable. And the way the universe does it, it starts with a tap on the shoulder, and then it gives you a harder tap on on the shoulder, and then there's the, the push to the head, and you still ignore it, and then there's a really hard push to the head, and when you still ignore it, then they pull off the two-by-four. Like, oh, oh, yeah. you're trying to get my attention. Oh, okay. Right, yeah. yes, yes, absolutely. And all of that would be solved by being present. <laughs> It does, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, that's a good indication that you're not as present as you'd want to be. That's really true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, good. Well, I think that uh, we we addressed the transition question very, very well. I like it. I like what we yeah we in unusual on ways. So we and, and we got there. We did. And the most amazing part to me is we managed to do it without discussing the ultimate kind of transition, the death transition, which is where people usually go with that concept. So, I mean, mm -hmm. wow, that's pretty cool. We could do a yeah. whole show on that one. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> we could do a whole show on almost anything. We're yeah. really good yeah, at that. Just a topic. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, then we'll do that for next week. So looking forward to next week's topic, whatever it is. Thank you very much, ladies. Thank you, podcast listeners everywhere. We'll see you all next time. You're on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everybody.